Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 19. That might have been the saddest intro I've ever heard. Of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Oh my gosh. And Rock Chalk Max has booted me from our league. This It's a very sad day. I'm sorry. I don't know if I got the energy like that today. Just watching my team crumble and fall apart in a winnable game. Max, congratulations on the win, but this one stings extra. You know, Peter, I, I, I really was taken back by the intro, I guess. I was <laughs> Here we go. Episode number 19 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. But instead, we got a very monotone. Here we go. Very and I guess it's, it's only fitting. Uh, good game, Peter. Uh, it brings our t- total for the year. My I have six wins. You have three. So I think I'm twice the knowledge that you have. Range of outcomes, but. For the uh, for the smack talk, I'll let you I'll let you use that for for your smack talk. I I just team didn't show up, and now I know what the owners feel like when they get booted from the playoffs in the first round every year. You know what? The Bengals. I I don't know who the Bengals owner is, but I can see why they fired Marvin Lewis right now. Uh, back in the day. <laughs> Even though it was the wrong decision, it's just heartbreaking to get to the playoffs and then lose, and but to the playoffs and lose, and get to the playoffs and lose. And you know what? I should be happy and thankful that I'm making the playoffs and that I got a good team and that it goes on a run. But man, this hurts. But yeah. both the monarchs move on. I've moved on in other fantasy leagues, but losing a max, that one really stings. It's a it's a wound that will take probably a year to recover because Lord knows it's going to keep getting reopened every time I see him. That's just right, Peter. <laughs> no more monotone. I'm over it. We got a show to do. People are dying to listen to get our advice for their playoff matchups moving forward. Oh boy, what a slate of games week 15 was. Tuesday night doubleheader that only Half the country could see one game. Half the country could see the other game. NFL, you got to fix that. Um, but before we get into it, any impressions that Week 15 had on any of you guys? Uh, I'll kick us off here. It's just a very surprising week. I think at one point, Tyler Huntley was the leading fantasy scorer. Uh, I mean, you had Kelsey, you had the Mark Andrews bomb, but you just had a bunch of like wacky scores. I feel like you had a lot of stars from Jameer Chase, Jamar Chase, whatever you want to call him. I think he had what, like one catch for 11 yards. Uh, Michael Pittman gets ejected. Just a lot of crazy stuff happens. Duke Johnson, which we'll talk about, scores two touchdowns. Like Dude, Jets running back against the Jets, running back against the Jets. Yeah, the man. theory is there. The theory is there, but it's just like when it gets to the playoffs and Peter, I know you don't want to talk about like it, it really is all luck. And it's like who you sit. Like it's not all luck, but it's a lot of luck. So I hope yeah. the luck was in your favor. Like you said, I think it was just a really weird week. We started off with all the COVID stuff, a lot of injuries, just 
lot of crazy stuff going on in the NFL. And I think kind of the epitome of all that was Detroit beating Arizona. Like, yeah, the Cardinals were coming off a huge loss. And, you know, they're you're thinking they were just going to bounce right back. Detroit, like they've already had their emotional win against Minnesota. Like you think they're just going to lose out, go get the number one pick. But no, man, like Jared Goff and the boys go down, went down to actually, I think was that game in Detroit? It was in Detroit. Yeah. In yeah. Detroit. Well, they they hosted Arizona and just kick their ASSs. So, um, yeah, it was, it's just been a really weird week and we're in the playoffs. So, I mean, the stakes are high and this is what we live for, I guess. Yeah. Just a definitely funky slate of games. The, the NFL lived up to its hype this week, whether you enjoyed the games or not, it just lived up to the, any given Sunday mantra. A lot of these players, you know, DK Metcalf, again, nobody knows where he's been. But then you got Amon Ross St. Brown boosting fantasy lineups to, to victories this week. No sight, no sight for DK. Travis Kelsey decides to come out of the woodwork for the first time this year. And then Mark Andrews owners says, hold my beer. We're, we're in this too. Right. You know, it was a, it was just a wild, wild, wild weekend. That being said, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to be giving this to you on a regular show regular Wednesday. We don't care if the NFL moves the games. We're always giving the podcast to you on a Wednesday as long as we can. But <laughs> we, before we get into our reports from around the realm section, which is a little bit lengthier this week, uh, and we're going to do start sit decision. No boom bust this, this week, sadly. I wanted to bring to your attention that we are going to be doing a Christmas giveaway, and this is our Christmas special episode we wanted to say Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate. Happy holiday season to anybody out there that enjoys the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. This is a moment in time to love all those around you, you know, good goodwill towards men. So that's why I'm forgiving Max for beating me <laughs> in Dynasty. You know, I'm, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit right now. I went bah humbug for like a little bit, and now I'm reversing it. And I wish you the best of luck moving forward in the playoffs, Max. That's not what your text said earlier. You said, I hope your team burns, but <laughs> this is true. Thank you for, thank you for the <laughs> luck. Luck is important in, in the playoffs. Now, with the Christmas special being said, we do have a special segment later on in the episode. Stick around if you're a fan of the podcast. I think you might be able to guess the, the kind of direction we're going to be going in with that. And if you follow us on Twitter this week, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we're going to be doing a giveaway there. We're going to be giving away a game day liner hat. We've been talking about those for a little bit. A game day liner hat, who's one of our great sponsors. And then we're going to be giving away something, perhaps, from Pristine Auction. Uh, we're going to be trying to grow our Twitter presence and the handle is at dynasty monarchy over on Twiddle, over on Twitter, <laughs> not Twiddle over on Twitter at dynasty monarchy. Uh, all of our individual handles are linked there as well. Give us a follow, turn on the notifications uh, for tweet alerts and then uh, message us proof. And we'll be able to enter you in the, the giveaway mm -hmm. with that being said, we're going to get into our episode. But first, we're going to hear from our great sponsor, Game Day Liner. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original turf truck bed liner. Sport your team, company, logo, whatever you need in their custom 
handmade vehicle liners designed and crafted in the USA, as well as the North Pole this time of year. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof as well. Visit GameDayLiner.com and use the code DYNASTY21, all lowercase, DYNASTY21 together to get 15% off your custom liner. That's code DYNASTY21, all lowercase, at GameDayLiner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. And rumor has it, the guy on the red sled with all the reindeer, he might be able to deliver it right to your front door this holiday season. So let's get into our reports from around the realm section. All right. Our first Raven scroll comes in from Tampa Bay injuries all over the battlefield against the long nemesis, new Orleans saints. There were some dirty hits in this game, man. Dirty, dirty, dirty hits. We got to get the... Maybe they did this for the Kevin James live-action adaptation. So they're <laughs> talking about the uh, the Bounty Gate adaptation in the, the TV show with Kevin James. They're already scripted in season two. Oh, wow. So, see, they're already scripted in season two. So maybe this was the script for season two right? him getting the bounty gate against the bucks injuring the three best weapons for Tom Brady. (laughs) All right. We're going to get into the note real quick. Leonard Fournette is likely to end up on the IR, which is very sad news for anybody in Tampa Bay and any Tom Brady lovers. How excited are we for Ronald Jones? Is there any interest in Le'Veon Bell who just signed? Now remember the bucks have Carolina in Carolina the Jets at the Jets, and then Carolina at home left on their schedule for the rest of the season. I I, I can't get on board with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we, we we saw him on the Jets. We saw him on the Ravens. We've seen him everywhere. He's just like a journeyman now that just – he's chasing the bag almost, but I just – I don't trust him, especially in the playoffs. I'm not like – maybe pick him up in a dynasty league and see if he does well this, year, this week and maybe play him – Forget that. I'm not playing Lev Bell this week or next week. I do not trust Lev Bell with my playoff hopes if I'm still in. Yeah, Lev Bell, I have absolutely zero interest whatsoever. I'm just going to leave him out there for anybody else who wants to pick him up and sees the name and wants to sign him back up. But, I mean, he's just a name at this point, just like Todd Gurley. So, I mean, I don't know why people just keep giving this guy a chance. He's got nothing left. But Ronald Jones, I'm pretty excited for. Um you know, as a downhill runner, like he is explosive. He's got the juice. But the one thing I worry about, he's got no receiving upside whatsoever. He's got two bricks for hands. And then he's also one to get <laughs> sent in the doghouse extremely quick over there with Bruce Arians. Like for whatever reason it is, the moment he screws up, Bruce Arians immediately rips the ball uh, out of his hand and just takes away the opportunities. But um, this he's got Carolina twice, which is really solid because last season against Carolina, he went absolutely insane against them. 23 carries, 192 yards, and one tutty. So uh, he's got the upside, but to me, like, he, I'd really like to use him as a flex rather than an RB2, but he's going to be boomer bust. He's either going to get you six points or he's going to go off and go for 25-plus. So I don't know. If you need a home run, I'm plugging him in. 
Yeah. Sorry, before you go, Peter, Ronald Jones last year versus Carolina, he had that many points because he had a 99-yard touchdown run, I'm pretty sure. Bad. Yeah, I mean, he's got the juice. Like, you can't bank on those long touchdowns like that, but he's got the juice to do it. And those run defenses all across the board for those next three weeks are just terrible. So, um, you know, if anyone's going to pop one off like that, it's him. And, you know, they, they really have a lack of weapons going on over there in Tampa right now. So uh, the ball's got to go somewhere. They're probably going to have to lean on the run game a little bit with no Godwin, likely no Evans. So I, I love Ronald Jones this week. Um, for me, I, I'd be more cautiously optimistic for Ronald Jones. He's more of a desperation RB2 for me at this point, just with the way that we've seen him play this past year, not being able, not being able to take touches away from uh, Leonard Fournette. I would actually flip both of you guys and say I am interested in Le'Veon Bell for this specific reason. I'm a, a big narrative guy. We know. Le'Veon Bell, add him. Use your waiver priority because your waivers are probably real thin with the playoffs anyway. Your waiver priority in redraft leagues, I'll say this, in redraft leagues, it's going to be gone at the end of the year. I know some dynasty leagues hold your waiver priority or whatever. If you have a waiver priority that you're you're comfortable with, you know, resetting, pick him up and see how he does against Carolina. If he sees the field, whatever. If he sees the field and, like, let's say gets, like, six points or something like that and has, like, a league average game, I would plug him in against the Jets. He despises, despises the Jets and what happened (laughs) to him in that situation. That is the ultimate revenge game. Plus, Jet running backs. Jet running backs against the Jets. He is a pass-catching running back. Giovanni Bernard has been hurt for so long. He is going to be that guy because, as Jay said, Brick Hands Jones can't catch the ball. I feel like the Bucs made that move out of desperation. They said, we need a running back that can catch the ball with Leonard Fournette being out. I, I really don't think they would have signed him if they were confident in Keyshawn Vaughn or Ronald Jones or Giovanni Bernard's health condition. As yeah. much as I love the narrative of Lev Bell versus the Jets, Peter, like what, like what, like what do we think's gonna happen? Like Lev Bell and AB, they're on the same team. It's like, hey, Bruce, like I played my <laughs> old team this week. Can you give me like fifteen carries all and like let me yeah. go a little crazy? Like it's just they're gonna like run the Jets over. It's gonna be so uncompetitive. It's gonna be all garbage time. They'll probably start the second half with whatever his name at quarterback. Who's their backup? Blaine Gabbard or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know who their backup is, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like maybe there's a little bit of upside just because like we've seen Tom all season lean on Lenny in the passing game. So I don't know if he can show that he's going to catch the ball. That's the only thing I'd be excited about. Like in a full point PPR, if he can show he can catch like four or five passes and, you know, get you 40, 50 yards or something like that, then I'd be interested. But the last time I saw him, like, I mean, it looked like me running around out there, and I've had three meniscus surgeries not work out anymore. So it's a, you know, it's not pretty, man. All right. So that's our takes on Le'Veon Bell, as well as the Tampa Bay backfield. We're going to move into Mr. Chris Godwin being out for the season with his torn ACL. Owners look away. I feel like we put the caster curse on him last week on the podcast. <laughs> Hyping him up a lot. 
Mike Evans is considered week to week with his hamstring. I doubt he plays. Just how funny that hamstring is, and even more so how funny Mike will uh, Mike Evans Evans is with his injury history. How are we feeling about Gronk, Tyler Johnson, Perriman, and to be honest, my favorite receiver from that playoff run last year, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller went to Bowling Green. Dude, Bowling Ohio. Green, dude, no doubt. BG, yeah, I had a I had a bunch of buddies go play baseball there too. So big fan of Scotty. BG. And Jason's buddies. But, uh, I mean, I feel like my favorite name that wasn't mentioned on there is Antonio Brown. Isn't he coming back next week? I Antonio Brown will be back next week. I think uh, if Antonio I believe Brown's he back, paid the chef as well for all of <laughs> his lost wages. But I think if Antonio Brown's right. back with no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, no Leonard Fournette, I, re- I think he can win a lot of fantasy owners the championship. I mean, he's been – Sitting on your oh, waivers, yeah, you might still be out on your waivers. I mean, he's a very, very good ad if you have him still and you held through the storm. I mean, I would queue him up at wide receiver two, and I think he has wide receiver one upside this week. Really quick, before we get into Jace's opinion. So we're going to talk about all these other exterior options outside of Antonio Brown, but I did want to say, Godwin, let's say he doesn't resign. He's playing on his franchise tag, tears his ACL and sprains his MCL. I don't think Tampa re-signs him because of that. Yeah. They're not and Godwin's a guy that's gonna want three years, three or four years on his deal. You know, he'll probably get better money than Corey Davis or like Kenny Galladay or you know, maybe comparable money with Kenny Galladay due to his injury. Mm-hmm. Are you guys firing up Antonio Brown for next year? Because he is gonna re-sign there. Yeah, man, like there's always and risk. What is his value in the offseason? Let's say Antonio Brown resigns with the Bucks for another one-year deal. I mean, if Chris Godwin's gone, like Gronk's another year older. I mean, AB is also another year older, but when I've been watching him, like he, he looks awesome. So I think he's played only... like no snaps over the last five years. Yeah, yeah. So I it's um I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of questions up in the air, you know, like we don't even know if Tom's going to play past this year. We don't know how long Gronk's going to play. We don't know at all what the entire team's going to look like in the next upcoming year. So I don't know if it's the same pieces, just minus Chris Godwin, like, Oh baby, like Antonio Brown's going to be an absolute dog. So I don't know if you're a competitor next season, it's all locked in and stuff. I, I would go out and ship it first. Like the only risk is if he gets hurt or, you know, if he has a, you know, just a meltdown he off has the a field, COVID, but, COVID card but, case. Yeah, right. But I mean, he could next season looking super far ahead, but he could just be one of those guys as a competitor. Like, you need to make the run. I, I burned the first on him. Like, it's Antonio Brown we're talking about. So I, I still can't move up to that first round pick. I mean, there's so many uncertainties in the offseason with his off the field antics and Tom Brady and health and everything, re signing players and everything. Obviously, we have to wait and see, but I think the most I'd be willing to pay, even if all things fall in his favor, is a high second at the most. That's probably fair and probably safer to be that conservative. But one thing I did want to say really quick, I am somewhat interested in Tyler Johnson in deeper leagues. Um, Carolina's been pretty tough against wide receivers, but this past week he played 95% of the snaps and saw seven targets. Um, and he his A dots like around 10 yards and, and longer, so – I don't know, some pretty high value uh, targets for him. And, you know, if he steps up, like he was a guy that I 
in dynasty leagues. I was just seeing him added and dropped, added and dropped. Um, you know, this is a, a chance for him to shine. And I think he's got some really good talent. I think Tom really likes him. So in super deep leagues, he's definitely somebody um, I'm throwing on the end of my bench and honestly might be worth, uh, you know, starting if you're in a pinch. No, that's great analysis. And there, Tom, you know, was thrown at guys like Jacoby Myers his last year. And you see he was making Jacoby Myers fantasy relevant. Obviously, he is now as he's kind of grown in that offense. But he was making random dudes that have no career outside of, you know, the Patriot system be relevant for years. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to be the man in this offense because Gronk's going to start getting double teamed. And AB's, you know, five foot ten on a good day. If he can't, like, shift some guys around, there has to be another dude open. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like the analysis on Johnson there. Yeah, and you talked about Scotty Miller. Like, for anybody that plays DFS, like, he's 100%. probably the bare minimum, and he is always, like, couple times a year he's due for like an 85 yard bomb from Tom. So with the lack of wide receiver weapons and DFS, I'd be firing him up as a, as a flex option for sure. Oh yeah. All right. Our next Raven scroll that's come in. Our third one is from Kansas city. The first seed, number one seed in the AFC Kansas city chiefs. If they're rattling off seven straight have a problem this week. Public enemy number one and public enemy number two against the AFC West and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have been placed on the COVID list. I feel like everybody's finding their way onto that list this time of year. If they were to miss, who would you be excited about in the offense? Is it time for Nicole Hardman to finally step his role? Byron Pringle, Clyde, maybe, please, please, Noah Gray. Who are we feeling? That's that's a real that's I mean that's a really good question. And it's like I guess it would have to be Clyde, but I'm still not competent or sold on Clyde. Um either way, like I just feel like it's such an important week in week 16, week 17. They are just next week 16. Like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Nicole Hardman in a dynasty league that I'm in the playoffs in. Like like I get he's a young talent and he's fast and everything, but you're banking on like an 80 yard deep ball, you know maybe he'll get a couple like little screen passes and run them for 12 yards, but he's just not going to get that consistent value that Tyree kill gets. And he doesn't have that rapport that Kelsey and Mahomes have. So I like Clyde the most out of those options, but I'm not trusting any of them really. Yeah. Um, I feel much of the same way. I was banging the drum for Michael Hartman all off season and well into the early parts of the season. I think given like if you're in a 14 teamer and you need a home run from somebody I'd start McCall Hardman just for like the home run, because if for whatever reason they throw him into like 80% of Tyreek Hill's role, like the dude's got massive upside. Like he is a freak athlete. He's just, you know, not the smartest of players. He's super young, super raw. Um, So it's going to be super risky, but if you need upside, like he presents it. Um, But Clyde is definitely who I'm most interested in as well. Um, I found this tweet, this tweet from Jacob Gibbs. We haven't talked about him in a long time. Uh, he does a great job on Twitter with different stats and stuff. Um, at J.A. Gibbs underscore 23 on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow, the dude's a maniac. Um, but Clyde uh, ran a route on 68% of Patrick Mahomes' dropbacks in week 15. Uh, Clyde had just a 45% route involvement rate in healthy games prior to week 15. So 
he saw a significant jump in route involvement this past week. And I hopefully moving forward, that's the case. They get him super involved in the passing game and they finally get to use, you know, his trademark skill coming out of LSU was he was a pass catching dude and he was supposed to mesh perfectly in that pass first offense. So um, I'm super excited for Clyde this week. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like we've seen them just absolutely rip the ball out of his hands and red zone opportunities and different things like that. So at the end of the day, definitely tamper your expectations. Yeah. You know, when I think about this game, all I can think about is how Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I have no idea how you do it. Mm-hmm. Your team is about, I feel like, what are they? Seven, six and one right now. And then yeah, you're going to go so. up in a game that you got to have. I think they're at home against Kansas City, and they're going to be down their top two weapons. And it's just always the Steelers find a way, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be divine intervention or random injury luck to go above 500 and make the playoffs every year. <laughs> I know. And, Same goes and, for the opposite of the Browns, dude. Like the COVID stuff, like they get down to their third stringer, like, hold a super close game against Derek Carr and then they lose by last second field goal. Like I feel like where the curse is positive for the Steelers, it's so negative against the Browns. Like it's, it's such a weird thing, man. Yeah. It definitely feels like that. I know uh, Monarch Max was at the game at first energy stadium in the land must've been rough, but we'll, we'll keep on topic here. I don't trust any chiefs weapons against a really good Steelers defense. If you like any of those like wide receivers, I would not be okay starting. None of those tight ends. The only ones that I, I would feel comfortable with is Clyde or even Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, like with, with Daryl, like they use Clyde a lot in between the twenties. Like he's definitely their workhorse. Like I thought maybe they'd split work because of how good Daryl looked while Clyde was missing time, but They've just reverted right back to Clyde being the one. But with Daryl, you're literally just hoping for like seven carries and he plops into the end zone. So if you, I mean, if you need like five points out of a position, like if you get into that situation somehow, like early in the week, you're crushing someone, you literally just don't need negative points. Then you can start Daryl. But like he is just straight up touchdown or likely two to three points. So. I don't know. It's going to be really weird to see what Andy Reid draws up if they're missing these two guys. Like, I feel like we're going to have dudes involved that we've never even heard of before. Also, Harrison Bucker's on the COVID list as well, so Jeez. could limit their field goals that they take. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, will definitely be an interesting one. All these games coming down the stretch, you know, the NFL needed to throw a little spice on the season. They, you know, they said we got an extra week. Maybe they'll get bored this week. Let, let's do the COVID weeks. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. make guys off the street come in and play, and guys who have been on the team for literally less than three days come in and start in an NFL game, and it'll get everyone all excited. Yeah, and we'll plus size models starting at center ratings. We'll do yeah, literally plus size models at center. We'll get insane ratings on Tuesday. Gosh, what a weird. All right, time. our next letter is going to come in from Nashville. Jace, I know this one strikes a, strikes a specific nerve. I'm happy for you. A.J. Oh, yeah. Brown is designated to return from IR. If he returns, are we throwing him right into the lineup against San Francisco? What about Tannehill? 
Tannehill's another one of those guys who hasn't looked great. Who are we trusting more as a quarterback in this matchup? Jimmy G or Tannehill with his number one target coming off of the IR? First and foremost, with the A.J. Brown news, I have A.J. Brown in one league. And this is, if you guys have been tagging along, I made a move for him that I thought was going to tank the rest of my season. Um, He got hurt literally like, I think it was the, no, no, the day after I lost Michael Thomas. And then the first week that I had A.J. Brown, he, it was the game that sent him to the IR. Um, I have made it to the semifinal matchup in my redraft league where I just traded for him. Um, I will be starting him just based on the fact that I traded for him. I made it through. Like, I feel like it's destiny that I, that I have to start him. But if I'm other people, like, I, I'll definitely be a little bit hesitant. But at the end of the day, I'm still on the argument. Start your studs. Um, like, the dude's an absolute animal. If he's anything close to, like, 90% healthy, I, I mean, just I'm starting him no matter what, just based on the name and the talent. But um, between the two quarterbacks, give me Jimmy G. Like, he's been pretty solid for, like, weeks now and with Tannehill like I know he's going to have both of his weapons and they might lean on the pass game a little bit more because I know uh, Deonta Foreman's a little bit banged up but Jimmy G the Niners I just feel like they're a much more solid predictable team at this point so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the quarterback of that team yeah I'm actually gonna roll with the opposite I'm gonna Ooh. roll with Ryan Tannehill I think his rushing upside that he brings to the table I mean I don't know what it is. I, I can see Ryan Tannehill doing his little finger flip roll in the end zone when he gets in there with the ball. Um, I think A.J. Brown coming back is a really big sign. The Titans, they haven't been the same, obviously. They know they need to get their star, the receiver, the ball. So I'm starting A.J. Brown with full confidence this week. Um, it kind of goes to Peter's point. Like, you play your studs, you know. A.J. Brown's a stud. You draft him in the second round. Like He's been on the IR. I get that. But a lot of these teams put players on the IR just so that they don't rush back. I think he's had a lot of time off. I think that he is due for a really big game. And I think Tannehill also picks up his game as well. Jimmy G, I just feel like he's on a thinner string almost, you know, like Jimmy G, those two picks, I can see Shanahan going right to Trey Lance. I really can. So mm. I'm, I'm rocking with Tannehill, the rushing upside there and AJ Brown for sure. All right. I am confident with AJ Brown, as long as you don't have better options. I know some teams out there have, you know, God squads, my my team in Dynasty has is really, really, really deep at wide receiver. I know Max's squad is pretty deep at wide receiver as well. So if you have better or more safe options, especially just go with those for AJ Brown's first week. But if you don't, and that's your man coming off the IR, you know, let him carry you. Let him let him put the work on his back. Uh, the quarterback side of the argument is a little bit more tricky. Again, it's what do you need? Everything's context dependent. If you're projected to lose by like 30, I would go with Ryan Tannehill because he has more of a chance to boom. But if you you know, are the clear favorite and you have Jimmy G, there is absolutely nothing wrong with playing Jimmy Garoppolo. Right now, he's sitting over the last six weeks at over a 100 passer rating. Over 100 passer rating. He's the most efficient quarterback in the NFL when Debo Samuel and George Kittle are on the field. He is an incredible, incredible, incredible game manager. I would say he's the best of the game managers in the NFL. And he's not going to screw you heavy. Not going to screw you heavy in this matchup in particular. 
you know, you can always see an interception from him. He's one of the highest intercepted quarterbacks, but he's also one of the safer guys moving forward where, you know, he's not going to score you at 28, 29, 30, but he's also not going to hit you with a five. Right. Like, like I got hit with by Tom, which was, you know, in the range of outcomes, Brutal. but just such an outlier. It's not like Dak's cold streak that mm-hmm. he's got going on right now that I also got hit with this week. So you got to start guys that are consistent. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been the model of consistency this year. Yeah, I think, honestly, I could see both of these guys just having really solid games and it not really being that big of a decision between the two. Like, both of these defenses are very much the same. In San Francisco, they have a great run defense, but their secondary is super beat up, so you can pass on them. Tennessee, they're great against the run as well, but you can throw all over them. So, in one, I think this is going to be a really fun game, but um, both of these quarterbacks, I think, are lined up for pretty good starts. Just Tannehill, you know missing all those weapons and kind of a shaky start to the season with Derrick Henry literally dominating everything. Like um, I think there's a lot of hesitancy there, but Peter, I think you bring up a lot of the points like Jimmy G he's not going to kill you. Tannehill could kill you. Um, but at the end of the day, Jimmy G's not going to necessarily win your week for you. Whereas Tannehill could put up, you know, 30 plus points because he does provide a little bit of rushing upside. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think it's a good conversation though. Yeah. I think we really, I mean, we really touched on all the, different spectrum lengths there. I mean, Jason was more Jimmy G I was more Tannehill. And then mm-hmm. Peter was more like, you know, play the safer option, the higher upside and stuff like that. So I really think it depends on your matchup, but I, I do like Jimmy G versus the Titans. Like the Titans secondary is just not very good. So mm-hmm. I like that, but I, Jack I, I Rabbit really, Jones, Jack Rabbit Jones. That's right. How well, how long has he been in the league for cup of coffee, cup of, co- What's cup that? of coffee. I mean, it means, you know, five minutes. I thought I heard somewhere along the lines Jack Rabbit Jones wasn't his like original nickname. He used to no, go he, by. He's re, I think he renamed himself to Jack yeah, Rabbit Jones, like yeah, actually that, like legally. Oh, wow! I like think it's like Metal legally World his name's Jack. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong, but I feel like one of the commentators said that he legally changed his name to Jack Rabbit. That's pr- that's pretty savage. Good for him. Yeah, man. Well, look, I think you got to be better to rename yourself something like that. <laughs> All right. Enough, uh, enough clownery about the names. Uh, I feel like we we touched enough on the Tannehill Jimmy G news, and then especially with AJ Brown. So we'll move into our next point: a dynasty monarchy staple here. Running backs against the Jets, just absolutely destroying Duke Johnson this past week. We didn't really know who was going to be the back right up until kickoff, like an hour or two before kickoff, who was going to clear protocol, etc. But Duke Johnson was was getting the work. 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns, one target, one reception for 20 yards. Man, I was telling – like we just – we told you weeks ago, we've been telling you every single time there's a running back against the Jets, it's at least worth, worth a flexible start mm-hmm. if you're not confident putting them in the RB2 spot. They are so – terrible at their lateral quickness and running through the middle it is disgusting their linebacker group is studded by cj mosley and quincy williams who hit the guys hard but they just can't figure it out uh, believe me my jets rants are, are for another time <laughs> but the defense has let up 30 straight 30 points in like five straight games which is like the first time in franchise history 
they're just allowing teams to walk all over them. And it's not with the pass. They had two interceptions of Tua this past week, and Tua looked terrible throwing the ball. He looked mm-hmm. god awful throwing the ball against this Jets secondary, which is growing every single every single week. They're looking better and better. But the run defense, man, I have no idea. And that's why I just love that Tampa matchup so much uh, moving into your championship round. Um, with that being said, Miles Gaskin only played 37% of the snaps and had 10 carries while Duke Johnson kind of went nuts. They have New Orleans and Tennessee left on the schedule. With those kind of stingier run defenses, who do you think is going to be the man down the stretch for the Dolphins as they try to sneak into the playoffs after starting one and seven? I mean, Duke Johnson looked really, really, really good. But I think a lot of it had to do that he was playing the Jets, as you just talked about. Um, I really think it's going to be a committee, like a backfield by committee. I think they're going to play the hot hand. If if Gaskin's doing well, um, they're obviously going to give him the rock. But I think right now Duke Johnson has the lead. I think he's going to get the first touches after his performance last week. They'll go from there. But I don't like starting either of them really versus Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay has one of the best rush defenses in the league. Them and the Saints. So it's uh, definitely a tough spot. They got New Orleans and Tennessee, just so you know. New Orleans, oh. Yeah, yeah. So even worse, even worse. So mm-hmm. um, New Orleans, I think, has the worst rushing defense. I, I wouldn't start either of them, to be honest, but I think Duke Johnson has the lead role. Yeah, actually, funny thing. Duke Johnson's only played in two games this season. They both come against the Jets, which is <laughs> – he played in week 11, played 8% of the snaps, had four carries for 18 yards. Both games this season against the Jets, he's averaging over four and a half yards per carry. So I, I don't know. Maybe if he – finds a way to stick on the roster and play the Jets a couple times a year. Like we know he smashes against the Jets, but no, um, it's the old Boston Scott against the giants. Yeah. Right. He's going to Boston Scott, even in that gross game, he found his way into the end zone. Like it's, it's wild. So the narrative's there in the future, if he sticks around, Uh, but honestly, like one thing that I'm probably doing, I'm not starting them against either of those teams whatsoever. I just see, I'm not starting Gaskin. I'm not starting Duke Johnson. I'm not starting any Miami running back for the rest of the season. And honestly, I'm I'm so far out on them. I'm leaving them out on waivers for other people to pick them up and then decide if they're going to throw them in their lineup. Because I think if they do, I think it could be a real landmine for your opponent. So I'm I'm just leaving them out there for the other people. Bait. You're baiting them, Jace. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for me, the Duke Johnson hype. Uh... I watched the game firsthand. He looked great out there. But again, you know, you're gashing up the Jets. I'm not going to speak on anything that has already been spoken on. If you're desperate, it's a running back by committee and you could find a sniff of the end zone and, and maybe get six. But, you know, always play your play your better options. Don't be starting Duke Johnson and end up regretting it, please. I feel like, I mean, a lot of these guys, like they had big weeks, like obviously in week 15. And I feel like, so I've said a lot of the same thing, like just play your studs. Obviously we're not going to go start Duke Johnson. We're not going to start Nicole Hardman. If you're desperate with COVID and everything, I totally understand that. But I feel like week 15, it was definitely an outlier. And I yeah. feel like we're kind of harping on the same message, but these guys played well, you know, and we got, we got to talk about them and share our opinions. Yeah. I mean, it's the playoffs now, so it's winner go home. So literally, like every start sit decision means so much more, and anybody can get hot down the stretch. I mean, look at Juicy St. Brown; like he's been going crazy over the last three games, and prior to that, he was nobody. So 
anybody can catch a, a hot flash in the pan and go crazy. So we got to talk about these guys, but I, I think a lot of these are just, they were, their solid performances were due to desperation, just like roster desperation. They need somebody to fill in so much COVID stuff, so many injuries, but yeah, no Miami. I I'm so out on all their, their weapons for the rest of the season, unless Waddle comes back. So um, yeah, the running backs are blah to me. So we're going to move into our last note from beautiful Denver, Colorado. The Dougie King is back out there and uh, this podcast and everybody in the NFL, uh, NFL family sends their prayers to Teddy Bridgewater uh, for a speedy recovery. And what was kind of a very scary moment uh, for any human to, to see uh, another human get stretchered off, just playing a child's game out there. A very sad sight to see. But with that being said, the show goes on and Drew Locke, is going to be the conductor. What song do you think Drew Locke would play as the conductor of an orchestra? He would play the one song that he was caught dancing to on the sidelines. Hmm. Some Macklemore. <laughs> he's a big Mac. So, I can tell he's a big Macklemore yeah, guy. Yeah, Thrift shop. Thr- yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thrift shop. Uh-huh. What, 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 what? He's a thrift um, shop quarterback. He is. a. Th- you know what? Perfect. <laughs> you know, he's the thrift shop T-shirt that looks great and you bring it home and you realize the lettering's off. Yeah. And right. there's there's holes in it and there's paint stains everywhere that you missed. <laughs> he, he's the thrift shop quarterback. That's a great comparison, Jace, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, to his yeah. favorite song. Uh-huh. Uh, but the Broncos are going to most likely start Drew Locke this upcoming week at Las Vegas. Is he worked the pickup in your Superflex leagues uh, or are we leaving the landmine for somebody else to blow up their season? I mean, if you're if your quarterback's out and you on COVID, whether it's not Heineke's situation, Hurts got hurt a little bit there. Um, he was questionable going in. I don't mind you, Luck. Honestly, he came in and really impressed me this week, and I really liked what he could do with Cortland Sutton. He was throwing the deep ball up there. Um, Jerry Judy, though, man, I know we're not gonna we don't want to talk on him too much, but what a disappointing second half! What a disappointing season it's been for Jerry Judy. Zero mm-hmm. catches on four targets. I mean. All around, just terrible. I mean, he's if you started Jerry Judy in your playoffs, Rip. you probably shouldn't have. But I think Denzel did. Mims got better numbers than him this year. It's it's really sad. And Jerry Judy was a first round draft pick, so I, I have no issue starting Julak. Honestly, I didn't think I'd be saying that, but I don't know. Nick Mullins looked fine versus the Raiders in a trash Cleveland offense, and I think Denver has more weapons than Jula than the Browns did this past week. Would you go Drew Locke or Matty Ice versus Detroit? That's very challenging. Give me that, that's ex- really give me experience with Matt Ryan. I just feel like Matt Ryan, he doesn't have anything that he's playing for, you know? Like right. He's, he's just kind of going out there. He knows he has the job. Whereas like Drew Locke, he wants Drew to Locke's show gonna up show up drunk in Vegas. Don't play <laughs> him. I don't care. Matt Ryan, I can't trust Matt Ryan, Peter. Yeah, Matt Ryan, I, I think this is four point per passing touchdown. He hasn't scored above 14 points since week nine. That's so brutal. Like so, it's to the point where I'd rather start a wide receiver over him in a super flex league. Honestly. Yeah, no. I think I I think I can't resist the Detroit matchup. And you know, Cordero Patterson could easily catch like a couple five yard screen passes for touchdowns in that one, but 
yeah, I feel like that one's a tough one. I, I'd be willing to definitely yeah. pick him up in super flex, depending on your options. Like if you're, you're digging through the dirt like that, if you're looking for upside, like Max said, he's going to go out there and chuck it around. Like he's got nothing to lose whatsoever. Like he's either going to stay a backup quarterback or go get a starting job. And no one's really expecting him to, you know, play outstanding. So he's going to go all out. And um, I, I don't, I really don't mind him just like Max does. And with Cortland Sutton, like I'm really, I, if you have other options, I'm not even second guessing. I'm putting my other options in there that I'm more confident in. But if I'm like, really digging through like Josh Reynolds and just like a bunch of flyers, Michael Harbins and stuff. You're digging just, through the, the t-shirt box at the thrift store. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you can't find one that fits like, you know, it's a, it's a Cortland Sutton shirt. You know, you, you find a, a nice little, there's nothing special about it. It's a Nike shirt. You know, it's cool. It's whatever. It's nothing special, but it's a Nike shirt in a thrift store. I'll start it. You know, it's fine. So I don't know. I think the Vegas secondary is a little banged up. They've been tough against wide receivers and quarterbacks all year, so it gives me hesitancy. But they're banged up in the secondary a little bit. And Cortland Sutton, he's a big dude. Maybe he catches a you know forty-yard bomb. He's due for a forty-yarder. I mean, Jerry Judy's due for a touchdown more than anyone, I really think. But right. I, I don't. I don't trust Jerry Judy with getting even three catches. I mean, it's it's that bad nowadays. So sad. Price is going to be. Hopefully, it's cheap. Hopefully, people are out on him because. If people are out on a man, like I would pay, I still give a pay first. first round pick. I'd I'll still, still pay a first too, hundred percent. I don't think you'll have to, but like twenty twenty two rolls around, someone's looking for a first for Jerry Judy. I'll, I'll send it on over there. Like the dude's too good on the field. If he gets a nice quarterback, both of those guys. I mean, even Tim Patrick, if they land the right guy, could be a Matt Ryan receiver three. No, no, Matt Ryan. <laughs> no, I, I they got a good. Let me Rock. say something. Let me say something. They got a good offensive line. Atlanta has a terrible offensive line right now, and they have good weapons. I feel like Matt Ryan would would be a lot better than Teddy Bridgewater. It definitely would. I think it would definitely. I it mean, Russell him. Gage is doing just fine right now. So if that were Jerry Judy, like, add six points onto whatever Gage is getting, he's that much better. So, yeah, Matt Ryan, that, that's not too bad. That's really oh, not that's, too bad. That's what I've been hearing in, in league circles. Oh. I'm dead serious. Now I'm like, game for that. And honestly, quote unquote, anybody... quote unquote league circles is, is Twitter and all these people making connections. <laughs> but no, it, it, it makes logical sense. You know, they're gonna draft a quarterback there, they're gonna get rid of Matt Ryan. I feel like he's on the last year of his deal, so he's not gonna get re-signed. Yeah. Uh so he'll be a free agent for the first time in a long time. It's either there or Philly that people have been talking about. Because I doubt he takes a backup role. He's he's still very talented, mm-hmm. uh, despite his bad situation in Atlanta. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't really considered Matt Ryan for all the free agency stuff. He'd be nice in Pittsburgh too. Honestly, they just need someone a little more. Yeah, confident, they just need a better with line. a stronger arm. You know. I so, agree. Oh, that's good. interesting. That's got me thinking, dude. PA Sorry. kid. PA kid. All right. We had a lot of letters this week come in. From uh, our reports are from around the realm section. I feel like a lot of these teams are panicking, trying to get a little, little last pieces of uh, of news of all these battles going on and, and all these situations going on throughout the realm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, six letters. That was fun. We went over Leonard Fournette and what we want to do with that backfield. We went over what we want to do with the receiving core in Tampa the two best weapons in Kansas city being out AJ Brown, Jimmy G Tannehill 
Duke Johnson, and then the Broncos starting quarterback scenario moving forward for the most likely rest of the year, unless Teddy comes back. Mm-hmm. There was a good report from around the realm section guys. Before we move into our start sit playoff edition, I did want to ask again, follow us on Twitter, turn on the notifications. Uh, it's at dynasty monarchy. We are going to be doing a giveaway there. You're going to have to follow us and sign up for notifications, share a screenshot that you are following and sign up for notifications, DM us, and we'll confirm that you're in the raffle to win something from pristine auction, as well as a game day liner trucker hat, a little Christmas giveaway from us of the dynasty monarchy to you acting as Santa Claus or whatever the original verbiage is or, or nomenclature is of Santa Claus helping us spread some holiday cheer to you, the listener, and uh, just saying thank you for following us for the whole year so far. It's been a really, I mean, it's been a fun year. We have one more show, obviously, of 2021, but 2022, I I think by this time next year, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychic, but but I think we're going to be up for a podcast award or something. We're going to be on the top shelf. Let's go. Hey, now. I don't know, man. Sky's the limit for us. Sky is the limit. You set your own limits. You do. And the top of one mountain's the bottom of another, Peter. This is true. Oh, Next stop climbing. That's right, Peter. All right. We're, <laughs> we're going to get into our start sit uh, playoff edition here. So we're going to run through one, two, three, four, five, six. If I counted that right. Yeah. Six so. different scenarios. Uh, these have either been submitted to us or are our own specific playoff start sit scenarios uh, moving forward throughout the rest of the season and into week 16. Dear Lord, where did the time go? Um, mm-hmm. Our first one's going to be a pick two. So we're going to pick two players here. Yeah, this is a just sorry to cut you off, but this is a specific one I have in a 14 man redraft league. Um, I've already said that I would start AJ Brown in this scenario, but I definitely have interest in uh, what your guys' second option would be. I mean, you guys might even choose to bench AJ Brown. So this is, I need this one. All right. So, so the options is a full point per reception league. So we have AJ Brown at home against San Francisco, juicy at home against Atlanta. And uh, for any new listeners out there, juicy is Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, that's kind of his nickname around these parts goes back to a very early episode of the pod. I might think it's like episode two. I think it was episode two, episode two of the pod Uh, DJ Moore against Tampa at home against Tampa and Gabriel Davis at New England. Oh dear Lord. These are some, some matchups, man. Right. Um, I'll just start really quick. I feel like you have to start AJ Brown. I am, running away from DJ Moore as long as Cam Newton's thrown on the ball. Gabriel Davis against New England. That's just going to be a ground and pound game all day long. New England's going to force the Bills to run. So give me Juicy St. Brown and A.J. Brown. It's tough because Cole Beasley's going to be out. Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be out for Buffalo. And Gabriel Davis looked really good this week. I get New England's good. 
against the pass. I'm going to start AJ Brown because you drafted him. You waited for him. I'm not sitting AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing, Peter, I will say you wanted to run away from DJ Moore. I shared with Max pre-podcast. He's had, he, uh, he has 31 targets over the last three games. He's averaging over 10 per game. I know they're gross, but the volume has kind of been there and he's been in double digits the last yeah, three man. weeks. So the, the problem is Cam has a noodle arm. I know. I know. It's, I feel like this is currently I have slotted in, um, in AJ Brown and Juicy St. Brown. So that's what I currently have slotted in. Those were the guys you went with. But yeah, I'm a little bit nervous if DeAndre Swift comes back because I'm worried. And at the same time, Jared Goff also might miss this game. And the last time we saw Jared Goff miss the game, I, I don't even remember the quarterback's name, but he threw for like 84 yards in the entire game like that. So, Is that Blow? Blow. Blow or Blow? <laughs> no, no. It was someone they picked up off the sh- – I don't even remember. The dude had never started before, I don't think. But – um. Yeah, no, I think he threw for like 80 yards in the game or something like that. So I'm a little bit worried about Swift. I'm worried about Goff missing. Maybe some of those targets disappear for Juicy. But, yeah, that's currently what I have slotted in. Max, what what was your final pick? It was A.J. Brown and Juicy. I, I Atlanta, okay. it's, it's too good of a matchup for me. He's been really hot the past three weeks. Jared Goff seems to love him and have utmost confidence in him. It's a tough option. I could see you going really either way. Gabriel Davis, I like. I like DJ Moore. I mean, they're all really solid options. That's tough. Yeah, I, I'm a, I think I'm going to roll with the way I have it. I've been starting Juicy the last three weeks just out of desperation. It's worked out really well. So, like, I feel like I got to ride the train at this point. So, that's where I'm at. But I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm going to be staring at it all week, just making sure uh, that's what I want to do. All right, don't, we're good. Don't overthink it, Chase. Don't overthink. You know, Peter sat there all week. He was overthinking his lineup. Should I go Dak? Should I go Jalen Hurts? Should I go Michael Carter? Should I go Dallas Goddard? It, it, yeah. It's a lot of luck, but you got to trust your gut. You got to yeah. just go with your heart, Chase. Like, you got it. Juicy's got my heart. Juicy's then, got then my ju- heart. Then you start Let's Juicy. Let's go, Juicy. Let's go. All right. We have a decision there. Uh, this one, we have a pick one. Pick one player. This is also what I'm facing in Mike Rabel, actually. So this is going to be half point PPR. Mike Will at Houston. Terry McLaurin at Dallas. Or Russell Gage at Det- versus Detroit at home against Detroit. Wow. Dude, just give me Mike Will against Houston. Uh, you just can't deny the matchup. You, mm-hmm. you cannot deny the matchup. as And that's coming from the biggest Mike Will hater out there. By the way, he's yeah. a bot with how he played on Thursday night, and I'm taking yeah, a victory lap. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that Washington plays Dallas on Sunday night, and mm-hmm. I think Terry McLaurin, he's due. He really is. He played average versus Philly tonight. They're on a short week. He'll be getting Heineke back. He got clamped by Dallas up until yeah, that injury, Diggs too. is so good. Like I'd probably go with Mike Will, but – Oh, part of me wants to go with Russell. I mean, that's a really, really tough one, honestly. Yeah, it, I I currently have Mike Will slotted in there. Yeah, I'm with I, Peter. The Houston matchups there. Like, one thing I think about is Ty Houston. Like, I feel like him and Mike Will are pretty comparable wide receivers um, in a way that they've been big deep ball guys for most of their career. So, 
I'm hoping Mike will can finally, I it's, I wonder how many red zone targets he has this season, because at one point he had 14 and he only had like three touchdowns and like, I'm just waiting for all this positive regression, all this positive regression. And now he's just letting balls bounce off his chest in the red zone and in the end zone. So I don't know. I'm chasing it one more time. I think he's going to get behind the defense for a big one. So I got Mike will in there, but Max, what's your, what's your final decision? Did you say my Mike final, will? my final answer would be Mike will. Um, but I would support literally any of those. I would support Terry just because he plays on Sunday night and Russell Gage has been really hot. Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough. That's really hard. Yeah, definitely not an easy question. But again, that's why they're in this segment. Pick one. Another one moving forward. Ooh. Ooh, I don't like this. Tom Brady at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G at Tennessee. Cam Newton versus Tampa. And then Ryan Tannehill versus San Francisco. So the quarterbacks for these four matchups. And I'll say them again. So it's Tom Brady this week against Carolina. Jimmy G against Tennessee. Cam Newton against Tampa. And then Ryan Tannehill against San Francisco. I'll feed into the Tom Brady revenge game. Yep. Just like him being so mad that he'll put up a good game. I, I I can't see Tom putting up two stinkers in a row. I what he's he's gonna have no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin. Carolina yeah. has been good against quarterbacks and wide receivers. I personally I'm going with Jimmy G there. Like I feel like he's the only guy there that's really not gonna like dr- give you less than ten points. Whereas I feel like Tom could do it. Cam could definitely do it. Jace, don't bet against Tom. Bro, I the tale I, as old as time. I, I know. I I'm I'm gonna regret saying this, but I am going against Tom on this one. I the lack of weapons, like that scares me. Carolina's been they're a good defense, and I don't know, they're just missing so many guys. No Lenny, too. That's another weapon in the passing game. Like, it's just going to be Gronk, Tyler Johnson, Scotty, and hopefully AB steps it up. But um, I can't do it. I, I don't know if you guys can. I just can't. I can't ride with Tom with all that, all those injuries. I, I can't ride with Tom either. I really can't. I, I want to, but I'm rocking with Ryan Tannehill, man. I, I love the rushing upside, like I said. AJ Brown, Julio. I think Ryan yeah. Tannehill adds some of this rushing upside other than Cam Newton. Cam Newton's like literally one, two interceptions away from being pulled for Sam Darnold, PJ Walker. I don't know who. He's probably my least pick out of the three. Jimmy G, you could probably argue above Tom Brady. I mean, Tom's probably my third, and then Jimmy G second and Tannehill first, but that's a gross quarterback room. I'd rather pick up and play Drew Locke. Wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. There's upside there for sure. All right. We are going to move into our next one. It's a pick two. Pick two. Jeff Wilson at Tennessee. Zeke versus Washington. A.J. Dillon versus Cleveland. Michael Carter against Jacksonville. And Ronald Jones against Carolina. Again, I'll say that. Jeff Wilson for the 49ers against Tennessee. Zeke for the Cowboys against Washington. A.J. Dillon for the Pack against Cleveland, Michael Carter for the Jets against Jacksonville, and Ronald Jones again for the Tampa Bay Bucks at Carolina. 
just off of the the top, and this does have my bias. Give me Michael Carter against a terrible Jacksonville defense in what is probably going to be a shootout in a, a medley of errors and pick sixes and weird fumble recoveries and just a, the sloppiest of all games uh, <laughs> with the Jets playing the Jaguars. Um, and then I'll take Zeke against Washington. I know Tony Pollard's back and whatever, but we just saw tonight the Eagles ran all over Washington, and I know they're a little bit more injured with the with the COVID news. But anytime I got a chance to have a premier back again, like in a divisional rivalry, I'll I'll take him, even if he puts up like twelve or thirteen points. It, it's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a prime time baby. Uh, I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott Sunday night, and I'm taking AJ Dillon Saturday on Chris. I mean. Just to have a guy play on Christmas. If I lose, so be it. I get to watch AJ Dillon play on Christmas. He's looked really good. I just was at the Browns game versus the Raiders. Peyton Barber was running all over him. Josh Jacobs looked pretty <laughs> decent. I mean, they were making really, really solid holes for that offense to run through. Um, I think AJ Dillon scores a touchdown on the Browns, and I see him getting the majority of the carries, honestly. Yeah, I, uh, this one's pretty tough just because Zeke grosses me out so much, but he just got 16 carries this most previous week. So, like, his knee's fine enough to give him over 15 carries. So, I'm going to start the stud. I'm going to start the volume. Give me Zeke for sure. And then Elijah Mitchell might come back and play for this game, but it's highly doubtful, it looks like. Um, so, give me Jeff Wilson as my second running back over all those guys. Um, the matchup against Tennessee is not necessarily a great one, but Kyle Shanahan just loves to run and run and run. And whenever I'm checking in on San Francisco 49er games, uh, on the sleeper app and it's the play by play on the app, every other play, it's sort of like Jeff Wilson ran for six yards, Jeff Wilson rushed for two yards, Jeff, like so many rushing attempts, uh, throughout the game. So I'll chase the volume with Jeff Wilson, um, if Elijah Mitchell's out and if, if Mitchell's in it, give me Zeke and Mitchell for sure. I, I love Elijah Mitchell and it's the same argument for Jeff Wilson. They pick their guy and they just run the brakes off of him. So give they me really whatever. Do. Yeah. Give me any 49er running back. Um, the only yeah, thing starting. that scares me with him is Debo Samuel. He just takes so many carries in the backfield. Like yeah. Debo, you're, you're a wide receiver. Like, please go in the slot, run quick. Like he really, he runs the ball eight, nine times a game and he does a pretty, no. pretty good job. He does, Peter. No, no, I'm saying no, don't, dude. I'm big Debo hater over here. Hand up. I was wrong. Let the dude. man, whatever Kyle Shanahan wants to scheme up for that man, that's cool. If he wants him <laughs> punting the ball, I, I bet he'll find a way to to score points off of like him being the punter. So, mm-hmm. you know, slot him in at quarterback. Sorry, Trey Lance. Like, just figure it out. Put mm-hmm. put Debo in the game more. Play him a tight end. Who cares? George Kittle start playing running back or fullback. I could see, I could see him do that. Hey man, he's he's a good professional coach. It's not necessarily good for fantasy all the time, but it's been a gold mine for Debo this year. But yeah, to to just further support things with Jeff Wilson, if it's if he's the only guy, he just saw twenty one rush attempts against Atlanta, went for one ten and one, um, averaging five point two four on the ground. So I'm in love with him. But my other choice would have definitely been Rojo. I. I I like Rojo this week as well, as I said earlier. All right. Moving into our penultimate pick em. We have pick one. And what kind of league is this, Chase? Did we get um, it from this the one, listener? No, I just came up with this one. It's just a flex pick. Uh, let's go half point PPR as a standard. 
Okay. Flex pick, pick one. Tyler Johnson at Carolina. Duke Johnson at New Orleans. Cortland Sutton at Las Vegas. Rashawn Bateman at Cincinnati. And Devonta Freeman at Cincinnati. Dear Lord in heaven, I don't know <laughs> what I'd pick. It's tough, man. That's a, These are all really good. Like, Peter, I'm going to let you pick first, man. Oh, uh, too kind. Mm, I know. Uh, just off of, you know, off the dome, I'll take Devonta Freeman because he's just got a chance to score a touchdown more than everyone else out here, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I Devonta Freeman would have been my choice if it weren't for this most previous week because he lost a lot of work to Latavius Murray. And now just that backfield, it looks like it shifted once again. Uh, I'm stuck between Cortland Sutton and Tyler Johnson. Um, I think Tyler Johnson's got some upside if AB is going to be back. I think they're going to be super focused on AB and Gronk, and he might get loose for a couple. Um, So I kind of like Tyler Johnson, but I also do like, I mean, all offseason people are like, if if Drew Locke's the quarterback, Cortland Sutton, he's going to have another wide receiver one season. We saw him looking his way a lot when he went into the game, so – uh, yeah, give me Cortland Sutton. Give me the name, a guy who's done it somewhat in the past. I think he's got some good upside, so give me Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I'm also going to take Cortland Sutton. Um, I was between Cortland Sutton and Rashad Bateman. I just don't know how many points will be scored in this Cincinnati-Baltimore game. I don't really think that many. I've seen that in divisional games past week 10, the unders hit like 78% of the time or something like that. Wow. Um, Lamar, Lamar's look coming off an injury, obviously. Um, he doesn't have that chemistry right now going with um, Bateman. Bateman's really still hasn't finished into his role. Like he's done six catches for 80 yards, but I'd rather have that deep ball that Cortland Sutton can get. And then those are those yards like over the middle for 20 yard gains. I think Sutton could easily have a hundred and a touchdown. I really do. So I'm going Sutton. Okay. I could see it too. He's, I think he's super high upside play, but at, at the same time, he could give you the a Rob treatment like uh, at the beginning of the season where it was like, I'm going to throw A-Rob back out there. He can't give you three points again. And he's like, no, no, no. I can one-up that. I'll go two points instead of Hold three. My like, yeah. Hold my beer. Hold my So there's risk, but there's a lot of reward too. All right. And our last one for the start sit. Okay, we have one submitted from one of our <laughs> listeners here in a half-point PPR league. Uh, so we have Chuba Hubbard versus Tampa. Ugh. Yeah. Kenny Galladay against Philly. Ooh. <laughs> this is one's worse than the next. And then Jarvis against the Packers. Ah. <laughs> so brutal. Man, I feel bad for that listener, man. I don't know how they made it past the first round. I mean, what terrible options to be flexing. They must have played a bot. Yeah, they must have played a just straight up potato squad. I mean, <laughs> Like I'm gonna go it's first. Jarvis. It's Jarvis. No, I, it's Jarvis. You think it has to be because I'm not starting Kenny G <laughs> I, and I'm not gonna start Chuba Hubbard against Tampa. Kenny G's due, bro. He's due. Oh my god, shut your mouth! Shut your <laughs> mouth before uh, I revoke your fantasy analyst credentials. All right, does this throw a curveball in it? Josh Reynolds at Atlanta. I'll take Josh Reynolds. Give me Josh Reynolds at Atlanta. Well, if Goff is playing, if Goff is not playing, and it's going to be whoever 
that guy I, I i can't believe i can't remember that guy's name but i don't Neither remember his name if it's no it's not him i, I think he's on a different team but um, I, I can look it for you uh it's tim boyle tim boyle tim boyle if it's tim boyle i'm staying away from uh josh reynolds honestly peter you're gonna have to swipe my credentials give me kenny g dude give me Let's kenny go. g <laughs> give me kenny g He's got seven targets this past week, eight the week before that, five and then seven. Like, oh, this is worse. This is this is worse than than your fantasy analyst credentials. Give me your man card. Give me <laughs> Doesn't your man have a TD all one. season. Gotta have one, right? Like, gotta have one. So in the fantasy playoffs. Give all right, Kenny G. In your I'm semifinal looking... matchup, you're gonna give start Kenny Galladay. Give me Kenny G. Clowner. Hey, put I'm a, put a to Kenny G on here. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting uh, the Kenny G saxophone music in here, boy. He's gonna go crazy. So I'm actually looking at my uh, this listener's lot roster right now. He, he <laughs> sent me pictures, and there is another guy that's kind of tempting right now to this listener, mm-hmm. and that's Mark Ingram on Monday night versus the Dolphins. Oh, well, this what kind also, of work? What kind of work did he do? Forty-nine percent of the snap last week. Forty-nine percent. How many carries? Uh, uh, well, it's not indicative. Nine. It's not going to be indicative because it's the Bucks. Nine for ten uh, yards. Yeah. He really balled out, man. <laughs> and this listener also has Kamara, like the the Saints backfield. Uh, they nah, give me Reynolds. Yeah, I'm sticking with Kenny G still. Ugh. Wow. You know, maybe Ugh. someone good will appear on the waivers overnight. I, I don't really know. Duke Johnson's on the waivers. Would you start Duke Johnson over these guys? No. Kim, Not Kenny against G. New Orleans. I, I, I would rather have Kenny G. That's a tough one, though. That's, it's a tough is, one, man. This, that's the luck <laughs> start stew. We got to rename this to, to throw up stew. Is, <laughs> some some like listeners have that option, Peter. Heave ho. Puking my guts up in this session. It's not great. All right. That's going to be our start-sit decisions for the playoffs. Uh, some are submitted by listeners. Some are a little bit more personal, as we heard that last one right there. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Seriously, have a merry, 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 merry Christmas. You'll hear from us Saturday. Uh, actually, probably we'll record maybe Friday maybe or Thursday. something like maybe, maybe Thursday, Friday to get mm-hmm. some some gambling bets for the weekend. But if you don't hear from us by then, I doubt it, but still want to relay the message. Have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, have a happy holiday season and enjoy that time with your family. Whatever you celebrate in whatever style of life that you end up living, just know this time of year, while it's been stressful, all the prep, all of the XYZ, baking, whatever is always stressful. But at the end of the day, if you're able to, to sit down with a group of friends anywhere, whether it's family, friends, whatever, they're your family. I, I know that That's might right. not have made sense exactly, but I think everyone understood the gist. There's mm-hmm. some football on, some good food, or if you're alone with the pandemic and you're just listening to us and we're your family, we're there for you 1 million percent. So whatever kind of holiday season you're celebrating right now, we wish you the warmest, warmest, warmest time from the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. With that That's being right. said, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. 
Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.